Peace be unto you and welcome to another edition of the Mississippi on the Move podcast. I am your brother Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. And I'm your brother Kenneth Muhammad. And brothers and sisters, we are coming to you live, live all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We are at the National Training Conference of the Nation of Islam, headed up by our big brother and friend, 
We affectionately call him Grandmaster, Brother Abdul Aziz Muhammad, and we are hoping, inshallah, to have a conversation with him this evening. How you feeling this evening, Brother Kenneth? Oh, brother, I am fine by Allah's mercy and grace. I'm excited. I'm sitting up here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The weather is beautiful. <laughs> There's a breeze is. coming up off the lake. The sun is shining. The Muslims are walking all over the streets. Yes. It don't get any better than this, my brother. Don't get any better, brother. Look, we're going to move quick and go ahead and get to our axioms. You got one for us? Which one you want to pick out today, brother Kenneth? Oh, brother, let's let's go back to number three, Carter G. Woodson. Come on, man. That one... Uh, every time I read it and then you cut on the news and then you look out in our communities, you can see how it is taking effect. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Carter G. Woodson in his seminal book, The Miseducation of the Negro, he said this. When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him to go here or yonder. He will find his proper place. And he will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there's not a back door, mm. he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. Makes it necessary. And then, brother, as you read that, that made me think of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, would say. Uh, the... Uh, the old VHS tapes of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's lectures, you have that intro. And they say, give me that beat, soldier. Yes, sir. Then he said, the so-called American Negro, in the condition he is in, he is unfit for self. He, the must. Soul, he must be completely, completely re-educated. Man, and that is the state of affairs. In truth, still to a large degree in 2022, the so-called American Negro, which we don't call ourselves that anymore, the so-called African-American is unfit for self. And that is demonstrative or demonstrated in the fact that we are still yet the number one killers, herders, robbers of ourselves, even our own women and children. So we must be completely re-educated. Brother, that's our axiom for today. We hope that you would keep that in mind as we go uh, in tonight's program. And certainly uh, we thank those that are coming on already. But before we go any further, I want to send a shout out and give another thanks. Thanks to Russ College President Dr. Ivy Taylor, who was with us last week, gave us a beautiful interview. And she had some very, very uh, interesting things to say about how Holly Springs can become more student friendly. So just another thanks to her uh, for accepting our invitation to come to our, our humble broadcast, our humble podcast, that is. Want to send some more shout outs to the brothers and sisters, of course, down in the Delta, starting all the way down in Mississippi. Going to holler out at our satellite sisters and brothers, starting with Brother Kazim Muhammad, all the way down in Hattiesburg. Assalamu alaikum, sir. And we're moving up a little further north to our brother, our big brother, our state student minister, Abram Muhammad. Coming on up into Greenville, Student Minister Larry Muhammad, and going over, I think that's west of him, Student Minister Basil Muhammad, coming on up through Tupelo to our dear brother Conway Muhammad. Of course, we landing in Holly Springs, and shout out to the believers of Muhammad Study Group 78A, located at 165 North Memphis Street, right there in Holly Springs, Mississippi. 
Assalamualaikum, believers, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your unwavering and continued support in this effort to build this podcast, which will be used as a tool and a platform to build our study group there in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Brother Kenneth, we got a lot to do, hopefully, and I, I saw uh, our brother earlier uh, today, and uh, man, he, he, he's he got a lot going on, man. It's, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I was able to greet him, and uh, the person I'm referring to is uh, our brother Abdul Aziz Muhammad. We affectionately call him Grandmaster. He is the national trainer for the men and the women. And uh, his martial arts uh, discipline or style primarily is called VSK Jiu-Jitsu. Those initials are, it's an acronym for the founders of that system. And uh, um, um, I've trained under that system for a number of years under our dear brother. May Allah be pleased with him, Sensei Michael Muhammad. And he was on my mind, man, uh, leading up to this. And I I really miss my brother, man, because he was he was dutiful in training us in the mosque, brother, and he made sure he brought, he got those nuances and those jewels on how to handle yourself, and uh, he would bring them uh, back to Memphis, brother. So there's a lot going on uh, in the world today, of course, and uh, later in the program, we're going to get, of course, uh, to that final call newspaper. But dealing with this podcast, brother Kenneth, this platform is uh, definitely to be used as a tool to get the word and the message of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad out as taught by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, but not just in word. We want to demonstrate it by telling you things that are going on uh, throughout the Delta and where we are and throughout the nation of Islam. And this national training conference is one of those things. There are people here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as we speak, from all around the country, brother. I didn't seen that. You've seen a lot of people too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. From all around the country, man, and, and faces we haven't seen. Of course, the pandemic, uh, things were virtual for a while. We That's had a right. couple of virtual savings days. That's <laughs> right. We, this is the first one since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it is great. I remember we uh, just walking, bumping into the brothers from Philadelphia, St. Louis. Uh, I saw a brother from uh, Louisville. You know, mm-hmm. brothers that you're just kind of keeping in contact with through social media. Right. And now you get a chance to see them. And the thing, the beauty of it is the spirit and the atmosphere. It is, it's electric. Mm-hmm. It's affectionate. Everybody is greeting and hugging and so glad to see the sisters in the nation of Islam, the MGT. GCC looking so beautiful. Uh, they have their floral colors out because, like I say, it's a beautiful, beautiful day here. And uh, coming up uh, from the south, we've been dealing with that sweltering heat. I mean, the, the oppressive heat. Yes, sir. And coming up here is a nice, smooth 85 degrees again with that nice breeze. It just, oh, it just make you want to just sit out and just uh, sit back and enjoy things, brother. So the atmosphere is, again, uh, so electric, uh, so loving, and um, looking forward to the events as we uh, kick off things uh, tomorrow uh, through Sunday. And then, again, this is somewhere, uh, hopefully, all the believers, if you can't be here uh, in person, there's a way to attend virtually. So don't miss out. Because mm-hmm. this is something I think that we all need, uh, Brother yes. Shahid, 
to reinvigorate us because as uh, we all know, we see the news, we watching what's going on mm-hmm. um, and things are, seem like they're going from bad to worse. Yes, sir. And as you were speaking about one of the things that we want to do here on Mississippi on the move, we want to raise the consciousness of our people because there is a segment of, of the world today that's trying to keep us in a box, so to speak. And as long as we are reactive, then we're going to be in that box. But we have to get proactive and start dealing with things from our perspective, things that's going to benefit us. And uh, hopefully this particular podcast, Mississippi on the Move, can connect the dots throughout the great state of Mississippi. Because there are quite a few organizations that are doing things that is beneficial uh, for our people. They're small uh, they don't have the uh, voice. Uh, their message is not getting out there uh, on the mainstream media. So we have to control the narrative. Yes, we have to give um, a voice to those who seem like they're voiceless. And then hopefully that attention will translate into support. Mm-hmm. And then with the proper support and with the heart that uh, these people that we've had on uh, and, and some that are still about to come on. Mm-hmm. We can take this thing, brother, and and not only affect change in, in the Delta, mm-hmm. but affect change all over the country. Absolutely, brother. And the thing of it, dear brothers and sisters and our listeners that are on now, thank you all so much for coming on to be with us this evening. Uh, I'm reminded, and as you mentioned, as you were talking, brother, my mind went to one of our sisters, Sister Rose Muhammad, one of her relatives. There was a news story recently of one of her young relatives, a young man, juvenile. They were out riding their bikes. I think it was down in Ripley, Mississippi. And uh, a, a, a gentleman, for whatever reason, tried to run him over, man. And as a matter of fact, according to what was reported, according to what was reported, and this is local news, Channel 3 carried the story as well as 5, I think, if I'm not mistaken. The gentleman was heard saying before he tried to run the children down, I'm going to get me some points. So and the children, when they interviewed them, man, they were very articulate. They expressed themselves. You know, one of the young men says, you know, we have to just accept the fact and realize that there are people like that still in the world, still in America. And I was like, wow, you know, so the point of the, the point of the thing is there are that's just the tip of the iceberg with regard to those kinds of happenings and stories, but they don't get reported. And the, the, our problem and our mistake is we have this expectation that mainstream media is going to carry the concerns of our community. Exactly. Which the truth of the matter is they're simply not going to do it if they feel as though shedding light on this is going to be detrimental to them politically, economically or otherwise. So we have to bear the responsibility to create avenues and platforms whereby what's happening to us can get the proper attention and be brought into the forefront and into the limelight so people can see what's happening. Not only bad, but good. Not only bad, but good. And this is one of the good things that's happening uh, up here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now. But of course, there's a lot of good things going on down in the Delta and, of course, in Holly Springs, Mississippi. So, hey, there you have it. We are expecting tonight, brothers and sisters, the national trainer of the Nation of Islam, affectionately known as Grandmaster. His name is Abdul Aziz Muhammad. 
and God willing, we will have him on. He is moving and shaking. There's a lot going on down in the lobbies. I had the opportunity, brother, to uh, to a walk and check the area and find out where everything was, find out where the seminars and the meetings are going, going to be going on. It's across the breezeway and whatnot. And uh, I saw him over there and had the opportunity to greet him. And, you know, and he gave me the impression that, you know, he's going to make it. So uh, God willing, he will. The ride up here, Brother Kenneth, too. I want to highlight that. Yes, sir. It's a, I mean, it's a, the ride from Chicago into Milwaukee. It's just a, it's just a straight shot. You know, this is my first time in this city. Oh, yeah, so, but know. I wanted to make sure I, I handled you with care. <laughs> you handled me. This is your stuff of ground, brother. So, you know, I'm having to follow your lead around here, you know, in terms of navigating the city. Uh, our brother has been gracious, man. He, you know, we walked to a nearby uh, convenience store. I think it was a Walgreens. And yes, sir. Got what we needed. So, brothers and sisters, and, and we, we are happy to be here. And thank you all for tuning in. And God knows, man, look, if you want to give us a call, a quick call before our brother comes on and uh, give us a shout out, we are opening the mic because at the latter part of the show or the program, I like to call it. I don't like using the word show. I like program because show sounds too entertaining. Exactly. And we're not here to entertain you. Now, we're here to edutain you, but entertain, no. But the latter part of the program tonight, we will certainly be moving to what's happening with the greatest in my estimation, newspaper that can be found in black America or America, period. That newspaper is the Final Call newspaper. Why? Because the Final Call newspaper is not politically or economically beholden to any of these entities in America that has sway over those news periodicals and organizations that if they tell certain truths, then they have to worry about their funding. Our funding comes from you. You are our bank, the hearts of the people. So we certainly want you to subscribe to that Final Call newspaper. That newspaper, those that are listening in Holly Springs, Mississippi, in the uh, immediate area down there, you can go to noihollysprings.org. And you can go to the far left, left at the top of the page and click that tab. And you can subscribe. You can actually go on our website now, Brother Charles. Brother, he put it on the website. Oh, okay. So people can go. I, that, that's a little, little caveat I've been holding, you know, now I'm telling everybody. But you can actually go to our website, noihollysprings.org, and you can subscribe to the Final Call newspaper for local delivery. Or if you're just interested, give us, drop us a line. Drop us a line. You can send it to... 517, that's 517, P.O. Box, that is, P.O. Box 517, Holly Springs, Mississippi, 38635. That's the Holly Springs, Mississippi Study Group. What you got, Ken? I think we're going to take a break. What you want to do next, man? We, uh, if you want to take a break, brother, that's fine. Yes, sir. We're going to take a quick break, brothers and sisters, and we will be right back. Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call Radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. 
What's your source for truth in news reports? No justice! No peace! No justice! Where do you turn for non-corporate-driven news that's fair and balanced? Subscribe to the Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. The Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com. Theurbanindulgence.com. Mississippi on the Yes, yes, we are back live, Mississippi on the move. We're coming to you all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're broadcasting live. I am your brother, Abdul Shahid Muhammad. And I'm brother Kenneth Muhammad. And uh, this is, of course, the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to be with us. Again, we are expecting in about, God willing, about nine more minutes to do an interview of he who is the convener and those who help him to organize. But he, of course, is the convener of the National Training Conference of the Nation of Islam, where believers and guests from all around the country convene. This is our first in-person since the the, pan, the, the pandemic. Uh, so people come from all around the country, from the Nation of Islam and guests and different artists and trainers where we come and learn what we need to learn to take, take care of the business. Let's put it like that. I mean, if it comes down to it and in the society we live in today, brother Kenneth, man, it is, it would, it would behoove us to do what we can to learn how to preserve the life that we have because death has become the order of the day. Violence has become the order of the day. You barely can walk out of your house anywhere in the country. It don't matter where you live. And uh, you, I mean, you could be faced with being robbed, with being carjacked, and the tragic death of a local pastor in Memphis uh, just a few days ago, a, a beloved pastor in the city. I thought um, when we all heard that story, it was a, you know, it was a tragedy. It was sad. A uh, very well-known pastor uh, does great work. Um, and then when they found out that uh, they were teenagers, 15, 15, I think 16, there was maybe uh, one young adult, I think 19 or 20 involved in it. But I'm glad you brought that up, Brother Shahi, because um, I was reading the uh, news and the daughter of the pastor who was a victim in that uh, particular horrific uh, carjacking, she said that, their family did not want those teenagers tried as adults. Now that is 
That is something. She said that their mother worked, you know, against that. And she said that I, you know, would have learned nothing in 31 years. That's her age from my mother. If I would be supporting that now, that statement carries a lot of weight because this is an election year down in Memphis and Amy Ryrick is notorious for binding over juveniles who commit crimes as adult. Now, uh, I know there's some people out there saying they did this or whatnot, but what we want to understand, we use the term juvenile, but we should be using the term child. And we have to start looking at the effect of the culture, the environment. What is it that produces this in the children? We cannot absolve ourselves as a community of any responsibility. She said, now this is the daughter of someone uh, whose parent, whose mother was killed. But she said, no, I would like to think that these children, she's using the word children, are redeemable, you know, are salvageable, that it's not over with. And it's, um, I'm interested to see how the district attorney responds because whether you know it or not a uh, listening audience amy wyrick bounds over 90 percent of the black youth that commit whatever crime and tries them as adult 90 percent mm-hmm. now let's ask ourselves the question are there any white children teenagers committing crimes yes, of course are. but then why aren't they represented in the juvenile justice system to the degree that black youth are. And this is a aspect that um, hits home because working in that particular um, field, dealing with uh, prison reform and the prison reform ministry and going to juvenile court, going out there, uh, out of jail lease and, and, you know, working with them. When you talk to them, they're still children, their yeah. mentality. Mm-hmm. They don't really have understanding and they're emulating what they see on television, what they hear. Mm -hmm. And so we have to now come up with solutions. Punishment is, 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 is not the answer in and of itself. Correct. Should they be held accountable? Yes. But should something you do at 15, 15 years old now, Mm -hmm. and then she binds them over. If he gets convicted, then they're locked away for life. Is that the answer? And so this is something that I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to be played up uh, in the media. And, and we must, uh, as a community, become more active mm-hmm. That's with, correct. with our young people, become more active. School is about to be starting in the next week or so uh, in the South. Um, up north, it probably starts after Labor Day. But we're going to have to be more active. We have to be more seen. We have to get out in our community. And one of the things that we're doing in the Nation of Islam, uh, especially with the men, mm-hmm. we're saying that, hey, we got to get back to the first work. Yes, sir. And the first work is making our communities clean, decent, safe places to live. That's correct. And you know, brother, as you, you were talking, uh, there are many in the law enforcement community that understand, and they and there, uh, many of us say it. You are not going to arrest your way out of this problem. You are not going to incarcerate this problem away. You can threaten harsher punishment all you want because 
that's like putting a Band-Aid. That's a Band-Aid approach because that's been going on. That's what's been happening. And as a matter of fact, just uh, the 25th of July, Fox 13 News uh, in Memphis had a report that found that the racial disparities in the Shelby County ju- uh, youth justice system still exist. Yes. And uh, someone sent me the link. I'm looking at the story right now and they're saying they're having the same problem. Well, if they're still handling it the same way and the problem's getting worse, then as the saying goes, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. Yes, so there has to be a, a deeper look has to be taken uh, at what's happening in the, in the juvenile justice system. And as you said, brother, this is in no way saying that they should not be held accountable. Of course they should be held accountable. But if you're going to continue to take that Band-Aid approach, thinking that you're going to solve their problem, it's, it's simply uh, not going to happen. We are 28 minutes after the hour of 7 p.m. God willing, we are hoping to hear from our brother. We expect him around half past the hour. And one of whom I'm speaking is Grandmaster Abdul Aziz Muhammad. He is the national trainer of the men and women of the Nation of Islam to ensure that we are proficient in our ability to secure our properties. Well, let's start the way it really starts. Ourselves, our families, our people, and of course, our properties and our meetings and the like. So God willing, uh, as I said earlier, there's a lot going on. Brother is busy. I saw him earlier. He greeted me graciously and we are expecting him to join us. Send a few shout outs to those who have joined us. Uh, of course, I mentioned earlier, my queen is on. And of course, our dear sister Audrey, she's always a supporter. And I'm saying, who is this? Robin Talbert, thank you for tuning in. Our That's brother, Big Rob, Big, Big Rob, he has to take power forward. That's okay, the VP. Watch out that, now. There's Milwaukee's finest right there. Oh, now, brother Quentin Q. Q is in the house, and uh, we got brother uh, Jeffrey Futrell, man, the young man trainer is in the house. The doctor is in, see, and he is an example of what we need to do with our young men. And, and as I was uh, speaking about earlier, a man that does a yeoman's work, mm-hmm. always on the job, but the resources that's taught to different, I won't say their names on, on, on the microphone, <laughs> but they <laughs> yes, get millions of dollars from uh-huh. the Melinda Gates and uh, Jeff Bezos' wife. But here's a brother who has a program mm-hmm. on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Or if there's anything smaller than shoestring, is that. Mm-hmm. That's his budget. But when you look at the results of the, the scholars results. he's producing, and he's big on entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. See, entrepreneurship is the best kind of citizenship. That's right, brother. And and as the doctor, he always said, he don't want to be at the mercy of any man. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're just seeking you know, a job and don't have any uh, exit plan, uh-huh. you're going to be at the whims uh, of somebody else's move. But the thing that Dr. Futrell does is what he does, he teaches those young men how to think critically, mm-hmm. how to solve problems, and then think their way out of their situation. Mm-hmm. And 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 his results are phenomenal. So thank you for tuning in, Dr. Futrell. You know we love you, and yes, I'm anticipating. Sir. I won't I won't talk about the project that he's working on. Okay. That I I said I, we'll, I hope, we'll I bring him in. Let him it. tell us. Hey, he can come on anytime. <laughs> he, he come on telling Meg speak for himself now. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. that speaks very well. <laughs> he definitely can speak for himself. <laughs> so we just wanted to highlight that brother, and we always wanting to highlight brothers and sisters that are out in the community that are doing, that are trying to do something good and something positive just to make life better, to to touch a young man or a young sister in such a way 
uh, that they will be guided away from the traditional. It's almost a tradition to get trapped. You know, man, I was, it, it just popped in my mind. You know, some of us think going to jail make you a man. <laughs> That's like right I was listening. I'm not going to mention the actor's name, but that was a line in a movie, in a, a recent movie. Wow. You know, you know, that's me. That girl, don't worry about he been in jail. That make him a man. I was like, who wrote that script? You know, so these are the kind of uh, ideas and images that are being projected into the minds of our young people. And and the thing about it is it's not accurate. And um, again, I was speaking with about the juveniles. Well, yesterday I had the... Um, I like to call it the opportunity and privilege to do this uh, prison ministry. And I went to Parchment Prison in Mississippi. And the thing is, when I went in there, you know, I went to the death row section, the uh, segregated section. And it was like going back in time, Brother Abdul, and just driving down that dirt road, looking at those shacks and all of the corn and everything that, you know, the men were out there toiling in the field. Now, this is Mississippi in the afternoon. It had to be 97 degrees, and the heat index was over 100. As I walked into the building, the heat was oppressive. Now, imagine no air conditioning. It's hard to imagine a building that don't have any air conditioning. And as we walked in, the heat and just sweat pouring off of everyone and the men living in that condition. And this is something that they're not going to show because irregardless of uh, what brought them there, uh, human beings can, human beings uh, shouldn't be treated that way. So we have to get the word out. And this is why the uh, Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry is at the forefront right now and trying to shed light on these conditions and then get community support in order to uh, formulate solutions to help our uh, men and women as they re-enter society come out better than they were when they went in. So these are the things that uh, we're working for. Uh, right now we're getting ready. I think the uh, Grand Master is getting ready to call in. And so you're in for a treat. Uh, Brother Abdul Aziz Muhammad is the national trainer of the men and women in the Nation of Islam. So I know you've been looking forward to that. Uh, so we'll take a short break and he'll be right on. What's your source for truth in news reports? No Where do you turn for non-corporate driven news that's fair and balanced? Subscribe to the Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. The Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com, theurbanindulgence.com. And we're back live here, broadcasting all the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Mississippi On The Move podcast. Once again, thank everybody for tuning in. We just got a call from our brother. He just advised he'll be with us in about 10 ticks. So, hey, things are looking promising. And we certainly understand because when we have these national training conferences, brothers and sisters, he has to do all kinds of stuff, walkthroughs, make sure this end is tied up, that end is tied up. And I certainly understand because, Brother Kenneth, we had to tie up some loose ends. <laughs> just, yes, we had to tie up some loose ends just a little bit ago, just before coming on the air today. We had to make sure some stuff got to the destination that it needed to get to. So we certainly understand. And in the interim, of course, we're going to go to a story in the final call, Brother, that I wanted to give some attention to. And this is one of the stories, one of those kinds of news stories that just don't get reported in mainstream news. And and I'm sure once I mention it, it's found in the final call. Uh, they are establishing a task force in Chicago. And the hope is that it will offer answers <clears throat> and a sense of peace to loved ones of missing, murdered black females. Don't you know to the tune of anywhere from 75,000 or more black women go missing? Wow. I mean, I was, I did a, we did a, a story on it uh, when we were in Memphis on the Saving Ourselves radio broadcast. The numbers of black women, we just talk about black women that go missing every year will blow your mind and you barely hear anything about it. But in this story in the final call, Chicago, um, it's a, a sister they had recently, uh, a sister by the name of Miracle Boyd. It was uh, her and, and several others, dozens, according to what uh, we reported. Uh, they got together for a march in the summer heat in downtown at Martin Luther King Drive. And they were calling out and shouting the names of the missing and murdered black women and girls in the city. And you would think that this would draw major attention. And when you juxtapose this, brother, to stories that you hear of uh, particularly young white girls and women that are on vacation and they come up missing, it makes national news, you know, and all the way to back to uh, uh, John Bonet, Ramsey, remember the little girl whose parents, I mean, the news cycle repeated and repeated and repeated and and some names on the tip of my head, I can't really, I can't, uh, uh, it's in my mind, but I can't get it out on my tongue, of those who go on vacation, white women, and this is not to cast shade on them reporting, because at the end of the day, it's really our responsibility. 
And that's why I'm bringing it up on this podcast, because it is a story and it is a problem in our community that a black woman in America, brother, a black woman in our community can come up missing. And it'll get no news coverage, if any at all. Well, nobody say too much about it beyond her family members calling and following a police report and somebody doing an investigation or whatever. And most of the time, they're never found. You know, and that's tragic. Tragic. Now, in Chicago, um, according to what was reported, uh, the state senator, Maddie Hunter, and she serves in the 3rd District, and she represents Chicago and 32 other state senators and representatives, They recently approved the task force on missing and murdered Chicago women. It's actually House Bill number uh, 3988. And this is just Chicago. We're not talking about the rest of the country because it happens throughout the country. And they said that its expressed purpose is to uh, discover and analyze why black women and girls go missing at higher rates than any other race in Chicago. That's interesting. And when I was looking at the article, the thing that uh, stood out is when they find uh, many of them uh, murdered, it's just, you know, they found it, they say their name, mm-hmm. uh, give very little information, and it's just a, a open case, a cold case. It just mm-hmm. goes away. And the thing that's hurtful about it is because this has become so commonplace that people in the community now have become callous or nonchalant about it. You know, and no one's really talking about it because when you say 75,000 are missing, there's only maybe a couple cities in each state that have a population greater Mm -hmm. than 75,000 people. (laughs) I think when we did that on the SOS program, outside of maybe Nashville, Memphis, and uh, maybe it was Chattanooga and close to Jackson, but every other city in that state population was less than 75,000. So that yeah. was, that's like an entire city of oh, people city. go missing. It's missing. And don't nobody know where they are. But nobody they are. And, and in Chicago, according to, that, to what they're saying out of Chicago, brother, they said it's been going on for decades. According to the actual wording in the report, it says Chicago for decades has been plagued. This is the language they use. Plagued with black women and girls disappearing and their bodies found with no explanation. So they're finding the missing, but there's no explanation. She just did, you know? And that's, uh, I mean, brothers and sisters, I don't know how you all feel about it, but I have women in my life. I have a wife and a daughter, and I can't even wrap my head around what those families must be feeling to know that their loved one came up missing, that, 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 they find out that they were killed, murdered. The remains were found. And that's just the end of it, you know? And and it's been going on, not for a day, not for a year, not for two, three, they say decades, plural. So uh, this is a story, brother, that caught my attention in this issue of the Final Call newspaper. And brothers and sisters, see, this is one of the main reasons uh, that we in the Nation of Islam uh, you see us clad in our suits and bow ties at many of the intersections in the major cities to to get this newspaper out. It's not uh, uh, quote unquote for religion. You know, we, we're not trying to push religion on you. You know, we just happen to be a religious quote unquote, for lack of a better word. This is how we are 
you know, characterize a religious religious organization. No, we're not that, you know, but that's the language that's applied. But it's our responsibility to tell our story, you know, and if we don't have the enough love of self to take time out to organize ourselves, that's what this podcast is about. This is not some ego or driven thing. We need to take responsibility. And the Honorable Louis Farrakhan has said, we need to take responsibility to build our communities and make them decent, safe places to live. Yes, sir. And media plays a huge role in that. It does. It plays a huge role. I mean, the media is the fourth estate of this country. It is an important uh, apparatus, if you will, or important part of a society that enables media to shed light on issues that need light. And that and, and and not be beholden politically or economically, but America's a fourth estate has been seized upon. Exactly. It has been commandeered and it serves the needs and it's it speaks, you know, it's like a frog that's been swallowed by a serpent. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the fall frog bleeping, but he don't want to be swallowed, so he bleeps a certain way. You know what I mean? And and that's why uh mainstream news in terms of accuracy and truthfulness, you know, you see it today and we see how the uh, different factions between Democrats and Republicans, Republicans, excuse me, are at each other's throat. So this story really, really bothers me every time. And this is not the first time I've heard it. But anytime we look at, you know, stories like this, I kind of like list them. Now just think about what we've just been discussing in a few minutes that we're on. In the black community, we're dealing with violence, Teen violence, okay? We're dealing with poverty. We did, we, we mentioned something on uh, education. Uh, Brother Shahid just got through speaking about black women coming up missing. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. We can deal with our health. We can deal with uh, the food deserts that exist. We can uh, go back to the closing of many of the schools and the outsourcing of the education that has been going on. And all of these things culminate in an environment that uh, gives itself to desperation, a sense of desperation like there is no hope, like, hey, you know, I might as well just throw my hands up. So collectively as a people and whether you are living in these communities, if you have um, some level of expertise to bring to the table, we have to come up with new solutions to these problems that's been existing for decades because these problems have not gone away. I've read the Kerner commission report, all these reports that were done after the 60s. There was another report that came out after that. And so they've outlined these problems time and time again. But for some reason, we have not been able to solve the problem. So it is not enough to point out the wrong. We have to do something to correct it. And so hopefully by bringing light to these things on podcasts like this and other podcasts, we can combat some of the factionalism that we're seeing because when you're watching the mainstream media, Brother Shahi, it's like Fox News versus CNN News. That's right. You got the liberal shows, you got conservative shows. Huh? And everybody's pointing the finger at one another and they're just going around and around and around, but yeah. nothing's getting done. And yeah, I think sir. the people have become tired of that. 
Yeah, they definitely have become tired of it. And go, you mentioned going around and around and around. That's what happens when you're unraveling. You're not winding up. You're unwinding. So once again, we are live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Mississippi on the Move podcast. Again, I am your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, along with my brother and friend, brother Kenneth Muhammad. And we are still expecting our brother. He's got he's going to he's going to hit us. He, he just I just talked with him. And God willing, and we certainly understand and we thank you all for tuning in and thank you all for your patience. We really want to hear from our brother because this is an important conference. If you've never been uh, to the believers in the nation of Islam, if you've never had the opportunity to attend our national trainings, it's not just martial arts. It's a captain's retreat. We learn a lot of different things. And I'm going to share with you um uh, momentarily, I'm going to pull it up, just some of the things that happen at these conferences. I mean, we have a check cert workshop, and this is done. This is something that will be happening with our sisters. Uh, And of course, we have the conference opening and welcome our national student, national assistant to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is here, student minister Ishmael Muhammad. He will be uh, addressing us. Course, we're going to be talking about how to survive the first 90 days after a catastrophe. Now, that's some information that you might want to know, especially in light of the fact that the East Coast is flooding. You know, I think in St. Louis, they didn't had record flooding, brother. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's I mean, unprepared. So, and of course, on the West Coast, you got fires. So a seminar or training on how to survive the first 90 days after a catastrophe, that's something that I just might want to know a little bit about, you know. Also, we have in the talking about the struggle for balance. And of course, we have our congregational prayer and of course, the the um, the dignitary protection training that we get, extraction training that we get and a host of other things. I'm not going to give you all of it. But it's a lot, but it's two full days. And at the end of it, there's a dinner and a gala that takes place uh, where we convene and we enjoy each other's company. And uh, this is the kind of uh, activity. And there's young people here. Uh, it's not just for us old heads, but there's a lot of youth here. There's a youth division to this training as well. So brothers and sisters, we should uh, take advantage and avail ourselves to this. Uh, to the information that's disseminated. And oftentimes I really don't think when things are coming from us, from black people, we don't really give due estimation to the value of it because unfortunately we've been made to believe that somebody else's ice is always colder than ours. Somebody (laughs) else's sugar is always a little bit sweeter than ours. You know, and somebody's view of the world is always a little bit more accurate than a view coming from our own people. So that's something that we have got to get over. And I can be honest with you as a professional, what I do professionally, I can tell you straight up the training that we get in the nation of Islam exceeds the training that I've received to enforce law. And I'm telling you straight up, I'm not coming. I know it may sound biased. As a matter of fact, when I was going through the police Academy, they would walk up to me and, they walked up to me and they asked me, the trainers, they asked me, they said, uh, Muhammad, are you military? 
I was like, no, not U.S. military. That was my, <laughs> that's how I responded. And it's like, I mean, they couldn't figure out, man, this, is, and, and I can see it. And they just told me straight up, uh, dude, this discipline, man, you know. And that was in uh, the year 2000. So, and it was, and I can attribute that to the training that I received and the study that I received as an FOI. So uh, I'm say that to say that we really should take another look. And the difference is because we don't have the big budget, you know, <laughs> we, exactly like you saying about brother Futrell, the shoestring budget. Yes. And a lot of times um, the information, the source that's putting a lot of information out about a lot of things, but I'll just speak about the nation of Islam in particular. You have to check your source. You know, and I was um, taking questions at the prison yesterday, and a brother asked a question. He said, hey, I, uh, someone told me that you all were uh, now defunct, uh, that uh, it was over with, uh, that they had uh, absolved the nation of Islam. I was like, who out of they? <laughs> who could do that? And I said, uh, no, brother, I surely, <laughs> we, we're still around. And as I was talking to him, because sometimes when you're in that condition, you don't really get a lot of information. And as you were speaking about the uh, paper and um, getting classified as a religious organization, because you'll see the word Islam. Well, Islam is, is not a religion. That's right. You know, it is a, a way of life. It, Islam has its own culture and we're, we're taught how to uh, think correctly. We're taught how to eat, how to dress, you know, all those things that we would, uh, use the word civilization, all of those things, you know, Islam brings. So it is something that has been, um, for lack of a better word, kept away from mm -hmm. our people. And mm -hmm. it's not accident. Because it is something that uh, has proven in the past to be very, very uh, useful in uh, changing the course of so many lives. Of course it has, brother. And many of our people bear witness to it, whether they want to admit it or not. A lot of the organizations that exist, that are working on behalf of our people, were prompted and took their prompt from the work of the Nation of Islam, the work of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. In other words, what I'm simply saying to you, the truth be told, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the father of black consciousness in the modern context. Of course, there were forerunners before him, but none of those movements that were before him and since him that thrived among black people in America and were destroyed. There's, it's documented and this government has admitted they actively worked and destroyed our organizations that were working for the legitimate pursuits of, uh, of, of black people. They with documented no, with no penalty, with no penalty. But none of those organizations have reclaimed any semblance of their former glory, with exception of the Nation of Islam. And, and, and the thing of it is, the truth be told, and, and most of us admit it, but, uh, you know, it mystifies me as to why, uh-oh, I'm getting a call. Hold on just a second, you all. Waalaikum salam, sir. <laughs> there he is, brothers and sisters. We got our brother Abdul Aziz Muhammad in the building. Well, on the phone. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My dear brother, we, of course, made our audience to understand he's very busy, brothers and sisters. This is a big 
deal. We want to thank him for giving us a few minutes of his time to come on the Mississippi on the Move podcast. Audience is on, brother, down in the Delta. They're hearing you all the way down in Mississippi and Memphis and Tennessee, as far down as maybe Jackson, Mississippi, and our audience. I just want to hear from you, and we wanted to highlight this most important meeting, in my estimation, brother, that has been a great benefit. So we know your time is limited, so let's get to it. So let's get to it. Let's get to it, brother. Brother, look, (laughs) first of all, to those that may not know you, brother, introduce yourself and tell us a little about you for those that may not know who you are down in the Delta. Thank you very much. And uh, I am I am so uh, blessed and honored, uh, my my dear brother. uh, And I really, really apologize to you and all of your listening audience for not being available uh, sooner. Uh, but I'm, I'm taking the time right now uh, to, to, uh, to be with you for this, for this period. But um, a little about me, I'm, I'm uh, in fact, just uh, was it last week? Well, anyway, the 26th of this year, uh-huh. I, I made 64 years old. Woo! Uh, how about 64 30. years young? <laughs> <laughs> and I've been um, uh, in uh, the art, um, studying and teaching the art of martial arts for over 50 years. Uh, in fact, I started at the age of um, eight, turning into, into nine years old. And um, But the beauty of that uh, family is that uh, not only did I study martial arts, uh, but my martial arts was... Uh, came alongside uh, my Islam, and uh, so I, I was a student in Muhammad University uh, of Islam under the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and uh, I started in Muhammad University uh, in the fourth grade, wow. and uh, I'm a graduate of Muhammad University uh, under our beautiful brother minister, the, uh, the Messiah in our midst, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've been studying for a number of years. I've I've been um, studying in Islam for a number of years as well. Mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of being uh, a captain in the Nation of Islam uh, in New York City uh, in, in the 80s. And um, Allah has just blessed me because I'm always looking to work yes. for our nation. I, you know, it, it doesn't matter where I work as long as I can work. That's it. That's it <laughs> and uh, so so that's that's uh, a little about me. I mean, you know, being in this nation gives you so much uh, breath. And if I begin to talk about what our nation has given me, man, it would take forever yes. to uh, go through it. And I'm so happy that that I have had the uh, awesome responsibility mm. to struggle mm. in our nation, man. Struggle is, you know, see, for a martial artist, you know, I, when I go to the gym, I don't go to gym to relax. I go Come to on. the gym to work out. So, so that means that I'm going to the gym to struggle. Yes. And and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan said, not just not just after difficulty comes ease. He said, there's difficulty, uh, there's ease in the difficulty. Yes. 
So that's the beauty, you know, that we should be looking for the difficulty because where the difficulty is, you're going to have the growth and development is going to increase you. So if you go to the gym and you go to the gym for the rest period, (laughs) (laughs) wrong reason, (laughs) wrong reason, and know that the rest period in the gym, if you're under the weights and you, you're lifting your weights, setting up your sets, you're doing 12 and then you get your little break, your break cannot be equal to the amount of work or difficulty that you place on yourself, lest you will lose all that you were attempting to gain. So I I don't know. I'm talking a little, a little much and, uh, but but it's just exciting. Man, look, we, we look, we're glad to have you on. I got the next question, and then Brother Kenneth is going to dive in here because he he co-hosts this thing. Well, we both co-host this thing, uh, this yes, podcast sir. for Mississippi. Tell us, what, what does the weekend hold for the attendees? I mentioned a few things based on the schedule that's on the website, but share with the audience, man, what does this seminar offer to those who attend? You know, I'm telling you, um, it is so it is so excellent mm. uh, what it is that is being provided. And, and, you know, what we, what we look to provide is the direction in which our nation is uh, well, what the minister is talking about and what he wants from us. So we are looking to present what he uh, provides. There's no, um, you know, I may be a convener, but I'm a, I'm a center person. I'm, I'm in the middle of, of listening to the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the direction of our nation. And, you know, so we are producing those things. So when it comes to being prepared for disaster, we have workshops that's going to deal with that. We have workshops that's going to deal with um, uh, uh, active shooter uh, mm. situations that was going to help you to understand what you need to do. Some of the issues or problems in society right now is that when an active shooter comes in, see, they have not felt mm. the power of someone who does not have fear. See, the objective of an active shooter is to create fear and cause confusion so that the killing is just a lot of people running around. Mm. So when somebody, for us, for everyone that's on this listening, in this listening audience, we have to say that when that happens, give your life for the sake of a loss, for a loss. Like you, you give your life so you don't wait to, you don't run and hide. What Come you on. do is run toward the enemy. That's See, right. the, minister, the minister talked about um, fear. You see, see, fear is, is, Fear and courage is on the same number line. Yes, sir. You see, so, you know, on a number line, you know, most people just consider the one through uh, uh, the positive numbers. That's right. But the real number line is positive and negative. Mm -hmm. There's a center point that if you turn on your heels, you go negative. Mm. But if you face your difficulty, you go positive. You understand? See, so right. what happens is it's in your thinking as a man thinketh, so in his heart, so is he. So in that case, the question is, are you preparing your mind to go into the battle as opposed to running from? Because he who seeks to save his life, Come on, see, man. he's the one, <laughs> shall 
will surely lose it because he's trying to save himself. So watch when, you know, someone is not afraid. This is when you find <laughs> that you turn the tables. That's the man. The man is running. You know, there was a, a, a situation where a man was running with a gun away from those that was chasing him, which were which were Muslim were soldiers, FYI. And, and he was running to save his life with a long arm weapon. Yes. Wow. Because because he was see, you, you know, the minister talked about when he was um he was uh, uh first going to deal with uh the cancer issue and he was uh you know he takes he, he went away for 30 days and right. and in that time period you know uh he had listened the day before or night before he had listened to the honorable Elijah Muhammad mm-hmm. uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad uh speaking about uh fear and courage fear, and what faith and truth i remember fear, that fear faith and truth was that that's right was the lecture and right. and he was challenged the next morning when he went on his walk mm. And there was a bull that was on the road, on the path in which he was walking. And he, the bull turned to him and he started kicking the feet. You know how he, how right. they kick him back like that. And, and, you know, he's letting him know, like Warning. you're talking about a bull. Hey, listen, I'm getting ready to come at you. You better, you better get up on out of here. He's trying to put fear mm-hmm. in what was uh, an opponent of him that was in his way. Okay. So when he did that, the minister said, yeah, he felt that, 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 that heartbeat, that heart That's start right. racing, you know, he felt that. See, but it's how you, um, what you do when you feel it that determines whether it is courage or fear. Mm-hmm. See, if you turn away and now you want to seek another route, that's, that's a, that's, that's fear. But if you face, there you go. If you face it, you see, then that, that challenges your fear and turns it into courage if you go ahead. So, so the minister uh, saw that and, he said he felt that, but he he remembered the words or thought about the words of the honorable, most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he continued walking. Mm. He said he got about 10, I think it was 10 or 20 paces away. And when he did that, when he did that, mm. um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And when he did that, he uh, got about 10 or 20 paces. The, the bull did it again, and he continued walking. And then the fear went into the bull, and the bull roared. Ro- went off into the brush. Mm. So, so this is, this is what we're talking about. So we're going to be dealing with those kinds of issues. And, yes, and outside of that, um, we, we're going to, we have so much, mm. uh, dealing with health, uh, dealing with, um, again, uh, disasters. And we have a whole youth program yes. that we have, uh, that is going to be working with them. There's mental illness, um, uh, workshops. I, I I'm telling you, so you got a whole line of youth pieces. you got a whole line of, um, uh, general sessions that we're going to be dealing with. Mm. You're going to have, um, uh, and there are all other specialized, um, workshops as well. And I'm sorry, I don't have all of them in front of me to run through them uh, and let you know. But I'm telling you, if you are able to make it, you want to come because right now it's like a mini Savior's Day going on. They're all around and it's so beautiful uh, uh, that, you know, the spirit and 
and I'm doing what I normally do anyway, which is a walk walking uh, the place. But uh, it's just from another vantage point. Yes. And you know what? I'm, I'm gonna just tell y'all. I didn't tell nobody else. I'm, I'm gonna say it a little low for for you to, you Uh-oh. know, listen. Uh, if you can make it, you're gonna get a special special uh, person that's gonna be on deck. I know what that means. Hey, hey, hey I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling. Listen, I, I'll say he's the most important person that you would want to see. He'll be here. Oh. So, if you can make it, come on. But if you can't, if you can't, we still thought about you and we're going to help you to be a part of it. Get on, register for the um, virtual uh, for the virtual and you'll be able to access and also get a chance to see. You won't be able to hug him, but you'll be able to see him. Oh, wow. Give them the website that they can go to because brother, brother, uh, uh, brother Aziz. I envision if Allah bless us to have another one of these brothers, brother, I would like, I envision bringing a whole busload of people up from the devil. Yes, sir. That's what's in my yes, mind. Sir. I'm just being honest with you. But what is the website yes. that they can go to and see virtually? Yes. Uh, they can go to uh, www.the, that's T-H-E-V-S-K-J-I-U, J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U uh, dot com. Once again, www dot T-H-E V-S-K Jiu-Jitsu. That's J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U dot com. Man, go. Go to that. Go to that. And as I segue, brother, Kenneth got two questions, brother. You made me think of something when you were talking about fear that I learned in your training in the the uh, the techniques portion that you would uh, give us and I would practice them. But you said, brother, if you are attacked unprovokedly and, and, and the person is trying to take your life in words, and if you don't do everything within your power to preserve your own life, you will have committed three actual crimes. That's that, right. That stuck with me and it sticks with me to this day. And the first thing that you, the first crime you will have committed is you would have committed suicide. And the yeah. second crime is you will have allowed your attacker to get away with murder. And the third one you said, brother, was you would have brought to an end the gift and the purpose for the life that God had given you. Wow. So to not defend yourself is actually criminal. So, brother, Kenneth got some questions for you, man. Just two more. You got time for two more? Uh, yes, sir. I'll Praise do that. They, they, I just told him to go ahead on and <laughs> and I'll deal, I'll deal with it afterwards. Hey, hey. Uh, but I'll say this. I'll say this, too, in, in terms of what you just mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, look at it in this way. Um, intent. OK, uh, if you are attacked. And what you have to consider is the intent of the individual in which you are facing. Now, we have an open enemy that we already know. So we have to question the intent. Now, the the biggest part of it is that if your intent doesn't equal or go greater than the intent of the individual, Mm. then you are and, and will fail and lose. Why? It's said in science that an object that is in motion tends to stay in motion unless Mm. it is acted on by an equal or greater force. So, So if the force is the intent, if the person is looking to kill you, you can't be saying, well, I'm not going to... 
uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to kill them. I'm looking to just control them. No, you you have to go to the intent. It's just that because you have the control, uh, you will be able to turn that down when you have control. Yes, sir. When you gain control, you can turn the, turn the dial down some. Man, man, man. man. That was something there. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Grandmaster. Well, alaikum salam, sir. Uh, it's just brother Kenneth Muhammad, and every time I'm uh, blessed to uh, listen to you or be in your company, I just sit and I'm just soaking it up. So I I never really have a lot to say, you know, because <laughs> sometimes you said it all. But um, I would just ask this one question because it was something that was circling around on social media, and there was a uh, pastor, and they were live streaming this service, and two men or you could see two men it may have been more came in and actually robbed the church so and that's, that's right that was circulating around so houses of worship are no exception when it comes to being victimized by crime and violence uh during the services so what advice would you give to our faith leaders and community and their staffs on how to prepare for what could potentially happen to them you know, that's a wonderful question. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that, you know, to our uh, community um, of different faiths, uh, but our faith-based community, you know, there comes a time when you have to release or, or, or let go of, um, let go of, old thinking see once upon a time and and, and see we got to really look at what the thing where did the thinking come from see they didn't see at, at, at a time when slavery was present and when they allowed for the church uh for us to even read the bible and and get and go to church the objective was for us not to develop anything to con to to prepare us to defend our church, our lives, they would not allow it. So what I find that in this day and time, and, you know, I've been doing this for a while, you know, and when we talk to some of the church-going family, um, they have presented the mindset that we don't need that, that all we need is God. Well, I want to say that we absolutely all we need is God, but God himself is the greatest of those who cast punishment and destroy. There is no greater destroyer uh, than the one who gives life to, to all. So, I mean, you know, when, when we look at the time of Lot and uh, um, uh, you know, and what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, what? There's none of us that can produce that kind of <laughs> result. <laughs> so, so, but what what happens is we 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 sometimes do not look at the things that's necessary. See, what our churches have become because of the the mindset of the enemy who works to find weakness. See, they don't attack strength. That's right. They attack where there's weakness. See, it's, it's the love of the church and the people in the church. It's the love that opens the door for the weakness that is presented. 
Mm. See, we've been taught that we should we should not we should uh, 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 watch as well as pray. Yes, sir. See, so while somebody is praying, somebody's got to be watching. We can't all pray and not think that somebody else is going to come after us and attempt to try. No, we got to be prepared and ready to deal with that. So, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 hopefully I'm, yes, sir. I'm, I'm uh, saying what, what's necessary. And I, I want for our churches, man, I want for our church going family to to learn how to defend themselves and and security is prevention. Mm-hmm. So we prevented with the, with in the nation, we prevented by checking everybody that comes in the door. Right. Yes, there's there are people that have trouble with that from time to time, but I guess I guarantee you this: when they come in our house, mm. when they come in our house. Mm. We, they got everybody that come in our house, no matter if they get tr- troubled or not. They know that there's not going to be no shooting going on. That's they right. know that nobody's going to do anything because even we check ourselves. Mm. Okay. So I know that, um, you know, actually we're in, in the facility here and they're trying to get us out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I see them pointing, but, but I, you know, man, I'm so happy and grateful brother Shaheen that, that we are, I'm so happy that you are doing what you're doing and, and, um, Man, I'm just grateful because you are warriors on this battlefield. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and I appreciate uh, you, the both of you, for doing what you're doing. And audience, continue to listen mm. because you, you're always going to get something that is beneficial for your life, for your salvation, for your safety. So I, I thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Well, we got one more. I think you got one more. On that. Well, I think the yeah. master letting us know they they kicking him out wherever he is. And, you know, sometimes they'll just they'll cut the lights <laughs> out and start making so much <laughs> noise. Uh, but grandmaster, uh, is there anything you want to say before we uh, let you get out of here to the uh, listening audience? Well, I'll say that um, in in leaving, uh, listen, take advantage of the opportunity to get virtual. If you're not going to make it on out here, go virtual so that you can see what's going on and at least be able to feel it because you're going to catch it. You're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So go online, go and do it now because we don't know when we're going to have to shut it down in terms of registration. Praise be to Allah. Brothers and sisters, we just had our dear brother Abdul Aziz Muhammad on. We affectionately call him GM GM. We thank you, brother, for coming on. Let's give him a round of applause. We thank you. And dear brother, inshallah, bright and early tomorrow morning, we'll be up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to get busy. Thank you, sir. Assalamu alaikum. You're very welcome. Alaikum salam. Yes, yes, that was our brother and trainer, national trainer, Abdul Aziz Muhammad. As I just stated, we call him GM. And man, he, he was busy and he was uh, had a lot to do. And we thank you all, the listening audience, for being patient. We thank Allah for our patience. I was look, I was gonna wait it out, brother Kenneth. I mean, because I knew he was gonna he's he gonna make his word bond. Always, <laughs> he just needs a little time. He makes his word bond. Is one thing I love about that brother. He always makes his word bond. And uh, and he's always willing to work and help us. So there you have it. Brother Kenneth, man, we got to get ready to land this plane. It's about 
Uh, we got about 12 minutes left in tonight's broadcast. And this is the time when we go to the final call, man. We got something else. We started a little bit of it, but we got a little bit left. Oh, yes. But I was just thinking of one of the things that the um, Grandmaster was speaking about and dealing mm -hmm. with the mental health and certain other things. So it seems that this particular training seminar is uh, not just uh, physical training, but it is holistic in nature as yes, well. Sir. Addressing uh, many of the things that's going on in our community, um, I don't remember. And, and again, um, correct me, but the number of young people who are suffering from mental illness and ultimately are committing suicide is on the rise. You hear about it more and more every day of young people taking their life. Man. And, and, you know, you ask yourself, you know, I mean, what can be so, you know, bad if you're 20, 21, 22, and we don't really uh, know uh, what a person is going through. So I'm just glad that uh, someone has the foresight, the vision to uh, deal with these issues that's going on in our community. Because one of the things in the black community, uh, brother, we don't talk about certain things yeah. as we should. And, and that, you know, to me is a mistake. Big and mistake. so I'm glad these the particular things are being addressed uh, and being dealt with. I want to pull up this article um, on my uh, phone. And it was in this week's Final Call. There go that Final Call newspaper, y'all. Here he come. <laughs> yes, sir. And the uh, title of the article is Seed War on Murder Uses Art and Writing as Medicine. Now, Seed is an acronym, but uh, it opens with the statement, if the whole world needs a healing, where is the medicine and who is the doctor? This was stated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So this particular organization and his brother uh, in particular, uh, he said, this is our response to the directives given at the Million Man March. This is our effort as citizens to atone for allowing, listen to this, the culture of death to flourish in our community. This is our effort to stop the murder. Now, this is from a brother down in Tuskegee, Alabama, by the name of uh, Scott Muhammad. And him and his wife uh, are the co-directors of SEED, S-E-E-D, Incorporated. And this was, they developed the Atonement Memorial Garden as a way to uh, combine agriculture and also address the problem of murder, where they go and they plant uh, trees. Or they invited the families of murder victims to plant a fruit tree in this particular garden to honor them. And he was saying, this caught my eye, that during a local visit to a high school, he began to read a list of victims that had been murdered in, in that city since the year 2000. And by the time he got to 2015, every person in the room, because he asked them to raise their hand if they heard the name of someone they knew. And by the time he got to 2015, every hand was up. And so I uh, just thought that is something that is totally outside the box where you want to combat the culture that's going on in the community that's with death, with life, and planting a tree, and getting these stories out, and changing the narrative. And this particular project, 
Uh, I had never heard of anything. Again, it's in this week's final call. And he also said something. I want to get to it right quick because we're running out of time. But uh, they interviewing the people and um, he was quoting Dr. Uh, Booker uh, T. Washington. Uh, Here's the quote. He said, if Dr. Uh, Washington were present, he would not just walk by this situation. He would develop a curriculum to address this issue. Think about that. This is what we must do if we want to have congruency with his spirit. See, we got to, he said, this problem can be addressed and you have to address it with a curriculum. It's something that's going on in the society. So he said the answer is in the society. And so this article here, uh, it deals with another quote, and I'm going to wrap it up on this from a Dr. Uh, Reverend James Bevel. And he taught that all the social problems have historical and psychological causes and therefore require institutional solution. There we go again. Mm. He said we have to uh, sit down and understand it and see why it is that murder has become normalized in our community. So if the problems have historical and psychological root and then we have to address it that way, then again, as we were saying, all of these things that's being discussed and the problems are still being perpetuated, we need new approaches. Yes. To decade old long problems. Man, that's that's a that's a powerful article in the Final Call newspaper. And certainly, brother, when you start talking about developing a curriculum to address the problem, essentially that's what's happening here. Uh when you some of the things that I read off <clears throat> in terms of activity, a lot of this stuff is taking place in a classroom setting. So this is not a, a bunch of people running around doing drop kicks and throwing punches. That's only a part. That's a matter of fact, it's not the biggest part. Most of this stuff is workshop and training, preparing ourselves and getting our minds in a state whereby when these things do happen and invariably they will happen to many of us who are listening. You know, yes. we may be in a disaster. We may be somewhere where somebody decides they just lose it and go off. You have to learn how to respond. And as Brother GM was talking about the number line, you know, you have one through 10 start at zero, but you also have zero going to negative one and so on. Exactly. And that's fear or courage. Positive would be courage. Negative would be fear. And depending upon how we respond, that dictates whether or not we cower in the face of these things or we act appropriately as everything in nature. Man, I was cutting the yard. <laughs> I was cutting my yard yesterday and something hit me. Something stung me. And I think then it stung me again. And I looked up in my storage building. I'm trying to pull my lawnmower out and there's some wasp, <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I mean. And you, when you think about it, wasp, little old bitty thing. And here I am as huge and as big as I am. That wasp felt threatened. It didn't wait. And I mean, and when I looked at it again to go spray it, of course, I had to spray it, unfortunately. As soon as I got within a couple of feet, two of them, like patrolmen, man, <laughs> they, they right. flew, like, don't come up here. But my point is, everything in nature defends its own life, you know, and the way we have been taught in America and reared in America, you know, like as Jim was saying, you know, in our faith community in particular, we take a praying posture and hope that the enemy stops or that the aggression stops. Doesn't work like that. And 
there's no historical base for that. And, you know, to me, that's a lunacy. And again, we have to ask ourselves, you know, where did we get that? And the person that told us, then we have to ask them another question. If a man won't treat you right, <laughs> how can you expect him to teach you right? No, sir. And we know that that was one of the sciences that um, the slave was never to know. You know, of course, we know he never was supposed to uh, know the science of business, the science of mating, but also the, the science of defense or warfare. Yes, sir. Because, you know, if a person is taking advantage of you and able to do uh, whatever he want to uh oppress and exploit you then he don't want you to be able to defend yourself from them and we have just constantly um you know repackaged that in our everyday life and and we want to defend ourselves and again this is why we're presenting a fresh look at islam because islam comes after everything else fell and one of the things that we're taught in Islam is persecution is worse than death. Worse than outright slaughter. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, uh, once you understand who you are and what you are and whose you are, you're not going to accept that. That's right. As a matter of fact, brother, I mentioned the last, the last uh, line that we'll share with you before we go out there, Mississippi on the move. I remember, I think it was either World War One or World War Two, brother. Uh, the cultural community got involved in the war and the, and they had a song out. And the lyric went, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Praise the Lord and swing into position. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition and we'll all be (laughs) free. So the man that taught us to just pray, he didn't teach himself that. He said, praise the Lord and pass me that ammunition. You know, so brothers and sisters, this has been another edition of the Mississippi on the Move podcast. We certainly thank you all for tuning in. We are at the end of tonight's episode. And as we always do, we have to leave you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. Mississippi on the Let's go.
Sister Ida B and Fanny Lou, check them out and you know what to do. But if you really want your enemy to be alarmed, read the final call. Follow Farrakhan. Mississippi, Mississippi on the 